Welcome to episode 68 of the Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Paul. On this episode, we are reviewing our top 10 of 2020. Also, our movie from the vault is 1973's The Crazies. How you doing, mate? You alright? Mate, I'm ready to look into 1973, George A. Romero's The Crazies. I mean, what a year it's been. This, that's what it could have been. Could it have been that? You know? I hope been, not. Fucking been... chaos, mate. <laughs> we'll get on to that later. Um, but yeah, mate, I'm, I'm all good. Um, you know, how was your Christmas? All right? Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. Thank you. Uh, did you get any nice, cool gifts for Christmas? Um, I got, you know, I bought myself a drone, so. Oh, mate, quality. I hope you've got a camera on there. A couple of bottles of whiskeys. Yeah, mate, well, you know, Draw One Last Productions is probably going to have to start to happen next year, so. Maybe we'll make a drone horror movie. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be quite funny. Uh, didn't you get a, a nice little box set as well off someone? Oh, I got House. Arrow box house? set. Oh, one, nice. Two, three, four, one, five, mate. Sitting right on my fucking desk, looking pretty. Brilliant stuff. Awesome. Do you get anything? Oh, what, what did you get, Matthew? I was very I was very lucky. I got the Stranger Things Upside Down Lego, which was... Motherfucker. Cool. <laughs> that, that was cool. Got a Michael J. Fox book as well. Not horror related, but... Um, but that was really nice and I got a few other bits but yeah it was all in all it was really good thanks really good nice chilled out obviously we're all locked in um, not able to go anywhere but we hope tier 4 motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) yeah whatever tier you're in hopefully you all had a nice Christmas and obviously happy new year to you Paul happy new year to you as well Matt and happy new year to all our little breathers out there yes all you breathers how did you spend the uh, the last (laughs) Night of 2020. Uh, I was in bed asleep. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was awake, but I'd already gone to bed, but it was like Beirut round here with all the fireworks going on. It was Beirut round here. Until about half 12, it was fucking... I, I, at one stage, the dog was like shaking. I was like, right. Oh, I thought, this ain't going away. I just went outside and just like embraced it. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> It was a fucking buttload. Like people, <laughs> Instead of putting the dog inside, putting some music on, you just flung open the doors... And let all those fireworks go. Poor Zelda. <laughs> Bless her. Uh, even even Murphy howled. He's not scared of them, but there were some big ones going off around here. Um, and I think he got a little bit scared, but yeah. But all in all, it was okay. It was very chilled out, very different. Obviously, we would uh, be meeting up, having a few drinks. We did a little bit of a FaceTime, didn't we? That was nice to have a little chat. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw literally saw 2020 in with um one of our favorites of the year host because it was only an hour long wasn't it so i thought right yeah i'll smash that one out again and watched it for a few you know of our review of 2020 coming up i thought it'd be worth talk worth worth swatting up <laughs> absolutely so that was quite good um but other than that you know some good stuff coming out should we get on to some news we've got little bits of news yeah i've got a few bits let's do some news so um I've literally got two bits that I'll just scan quickly past you. So the first one, a little bit of synergy here. Um, Host is actually coming out on the limited edition Blu-ray on the 22nd of February. Um, uh, okay, so I, I saw a lot of advertisements about it. It's not out now then? No, it's out on the 22nd of February from 2 Entertain. It's a really nice little box set. Um, the cover looks cool. We've got really nice artwork. Apparently, it's got like behind the scenes cast interviews, 
but obviously you can see uh, our cast interview and hear it. Um, but it's got also a Q&A from BFI. It's got a booklet in it and six collection cards in it. It looks really cool. They've put a lot of effort into it, which is which is cool. Um, but that's out on the 22nd of February to buy from all good online stores because you can't fucking go and buy it because they're all closed. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they have, hopefully they might be open by now. Um, the only other bit of news that I've got is I saw a little trailer, I don't know if you've seen this, for a TV show coming out in the States. It's going to be on HBO. I think I believe it comes out on January 4th. Um, it's called 30 Coins. Have you seen anything no. with this? No. So it's a Spanish kind of TV show, but it looks crazy. Um, it's, it's kind of like, it touches on possession a bit, um, but it's kind of a good versus evil kind of show. Um, where the Va- the Vatican uh, uh, are corrupt, and there's lots of uh, unearthing of dodgy stuff going on, but the, you should go check out the trailer because it looks really eerie. Like it's got some really good effects in there. Looks like it's got a few monsters in there as well. But hopefully it might come over to Sky in the new year because HBO stuff normally comes out on Sky. But it's called Thirty Coins. Oh, okay. That's good. That sounds uh, pretty good. I mean, I, I, that sounds like something right on my street. And what, what, what's the story? What did you say that was coming out on? Um, HBO um, in America, but hopefully so, it might be on Sky here. HBO Max are getting quite a lot. Okay, I cool. know, I know. It's good. Well, Netflix have got a few coming out. Obviously, you know, we've got um, Strange Things hopefully coming later this year at some point. Bloody hope so. But to tide oh. you over, at the moment, they've got a lovely little this uh, Korean horror series called Sweet Home which is all about monsters and stuff like that and mystical stuff. I'm going to I'm going to dive into that this month, I think. What was that on? It's on Netflix. Cool. Quite a little cute little series, man. So that's um uh a good one. It's just insane looking monsters pandemic sort of scenario. Because <laughs> <laughs> we we want more of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um other than that there's quite some other bits coming out on streaming services. We've got Spree um, which will probably be next episode's main review. Um, we didn't get to see it in, t- in 2020. Um, so that'll be, uh, that's worth, worth a watch. Um, not too much on Netflix that I can see. There is a list of stuff of, uh, that's coming up, which I've got right here. The woman is amongst them. Um, which is, you know, was it, uh, Fright Fest this year? No, it wasn't. That's the, Preview. That was the follow-up, yeah. To the it. follow-up. So the woman is uh, going to drop onto Netflix as well as a couple of other ones. Hunted as well later on in the year. That looks really, really good. So yeah, a few bit better. And I think uh, Possum, which was at Fright Fest a couple of years ago. Yeah, looks really dark. Looks weird as fuck. And I found Relic. Oh, cool. Uh, I might watch. Uh, I found it for you know. It cost me about five ninety nine to watch on Amazon, but I think I'm going to end up watching that over the next couple of weeks as well. Excellent. Yeah, I heard nothing but good things from Fright Fest, Fright Fest on that one. Yeah, so still some Fright Fest buttes still popping up on streaming services, which is fantastic news, always. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, other than that, not much news. I think I've got a few announcements for 2021, but we'll talk about that after our, our little um, review of 2020. So... Well, uh, we haven't got, we haven't obviously got a main review to talk about this time. We're just going to dive deep into our top 10 of 2020, aren't we? Absolutely. So today's episode will be obviously what Matt said earlier. We're going to do a little 
countdown, top ten, some key key moments that we enjoyed. And uh, remember, this is our list. This is draw one last breath top ten. You know, we keep it personal. We don't buy into any of this fucking corporate bollocks. We just like to go in with what we liked and we really enjoyed this year. And we're going to push that in your ears. (laughs) Yeah. And then we'll do, and then we'll talk about the crazies. Fuck yeah. So I guess without further ado, let's get on to our top 10 of 2020. Jonathan Ross right now, but you know, <laughs> for it, I, I can't. You're more like his poorer brother. Poorer brother. <laughs> What's his name? Is it Paul Ross? Paul Ross. That was, is that his natural name? I don't know. <laughs> He's got a brother though, isn't he? I think so, but I don't know. His yeah, name. definitely. I can't remember his bloody name because you you done film reviews as well, but he was just shit at it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, a bit like me, but anyway, but like I'm so like twenty. <laughs> 2020 has been an interesting year, been a roller coaster. Obviously, no, the movies that we've seen at the cinema have been far and few between. Um, we could have had so many in this list, I think, that, that have gone awry. We've had two digital fright fests to pick through. And yeah, a whole host of uh, movies from streaming services. So we'll see what made the top 10. And we'll talk about a couple of other key moments. But first, I'm going to bring you number 10. Go for it. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Now, number 10 that we reviewed on episode 62 is none other than the beautiful zombie Korean movie that we saw um, called um, Hashtag Alive. Now, this one, I think, for both of us was just like something different. We both, we're not top bored of, nowhere near bored of fucking zombie movies. Never could do that. But this one just had a, I don't know, had a, a touch of a touch of genius to it and a touch of real warmth, as well as some really, um, I thought, mo- uh, sort of moments that sort of pushed the boundaries and thought moved it, moved the genre a little bit forward and to me had a little bit of difference to it, especially with the use of the drone and stuff like that. It was quite modern, you know, and it's quite obviously social media driven and it was in amongst the pandemic and all that sort of stuff. But the, the acting and all the, the sort of set pieces were fucking great. And it had a real story of isolation in over, overarching on it. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I totally agree with you, mate. Cause like, you're right. It did like strike different tone because probably as well, cause we were in kind of lockdown. You're right with that. Cause it probably uh, resonated more with us, but also it just, it just came from nowhere as well. It's like, and I feel like a lot of people probably haven't seen this film, maybe, because it, it kind of like gets lost in the whole kind of Netflix kind of ether. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, you're right. It was totally fun, new. Um, the effects are really, really cool. Um, and the storyline throughout, even there's a, quite a dark, twisty bit in it as well, which is like, whoa. Um, but yeah, it kept me entertained the whole way through. Um, 
really, really good fun. Yeah, um, and it is still available on Netflix and stuff, and it is definitely one to go and watch. Um, and yes, some of the the storytelling is just a little bit. I don't know. It's just um, it goes through the isolation and it goes through other relationship building as well. And the it's, character it's just, pieces as well. Characters yeah. are really good. You cared. You cared about yeah. the guy. Absolutely, because that's how it did its job. I think because. From the start, you're like, oh, who is this dude? And, like, it totally makes you form a kind of connection with him um, and feel for him throughout the movie. And even has some, like, funny, light-hearted bits in it as well, which I love about the Koreans. They're just always... It can be really dark, and then there's a really, like, light kind of joke put in there to just lighten the mood a bit. Yeah, we saw that um, Parasite in, earlier in the year as well. So it's yeah. just that they do that very fucking well. And the host... You know, train to Bas- train to the sand. There's just like they can put these really interesting set pieces together, which are like quite gross, morbid, and and um, and gruesome. But at the same time, there's just this little slap of humour every now and again, and it just and it grabs you. And it's what's just- really cool as well is they're all different in their own way. You can't. There's not not one kind of movie that's always the same. They always have different tones to them, and it's just like, but this one had that tone that was just like so different just when you think all the zombie stuff's been done hashtag alive came along and just gave it a good slap in the face and said, all right, we're going to do it our way as well like you said because train to Busan's come out there's a sequel to it and it's just like you think oh how much zombie stuff can we have walking dead's been on for ages but that this was just a really really cool yeah and this wasn't the only zombie movie we got to see this year we had yummy as well didn't we yeah so um you know <laughs> This one, this one Unfortunately, one you'll have to see if that makes our top ten later. <laughs> Don't bloody or not. <laughs> Excellent. Right, Can you on, remember the score we gave alive? I can't remember. No, I think it was like, you know, probably... Well, we won't chat about that. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Shall we go on to number nine? Yeah, moving on, dude. So, number nine for us was a film that we saw... We got to see it at Fryfest. And to be honest, we didn't really know much about this one. We we were umming and ahhing about what to see. And then we decided to kind of pick Tailgate. Yes, so the Dutch horror movie. It is Dutch, yes. Um, we have not seen a lot of Dutch movie horror movies, really, have we? I think this is the first one. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, but yeah, th- this was... A really interesting watch because we were a bit kind of we'd seen the trailer and we were kind of like mm, I don't know kind of like it looks like a cat and mouse kind of car chase thing from the trailer but then when we delve deeper delve deeper and we started to watch it it's a really interesting kind of talking piece and which we both agreed on one of the best villains that we'll get onto in a bit um, but essentially it just follows a family that are on a trip to go to their mother's house or their grandparents' house. And they're on a trip on the motorway and they cause a little bit of motorway kind of madness with a guy that they shouldn't really have messed with, that is big on manners. (laughs) And it's really confrontational. Um, It just, it's so real as well. Real Real subtle terror. Yeah, well, like there's it's a... almost it, this could happen to somebody easy because it isn't far fetched. It's actually like really kind of makes you feel on edge watching it as well, doesn't it? Yeah, our main antagonist is very stoic and very careful and very 
um slow moving and just like considered and it's it's just a, it gave it a real interesting demeanor and mm. uh from a character building perspective and a real sense of dread and terror as it sort of ramped up ramped up throughout and, and also there's, there's some good cast stunts in this they must have like gone big on the budget because like literally there's a lot of chases um and the effects are really cool but also the way it makes you feel in, like on edge and intense it's really clever because a lot of the filming is from the car inside the car so it's really kind of constrained and like really cool like little shorts like shots and stuff and it makes you just feel like you're impending doom all the time where the main guy is just chasing them down obviously we won't spoil anything on this film yeah. and uh, maybe we like those sorts of like movies i remember watching jeepers creepers for the first time <laughs> that's a completely different uh antagonist and sort of in that but i think as well as like I don't know Maximum Overdrive, I suppose you can put in that ilk. Jewel, Jewel, definitely. Mac, yeah. um, Death Proof. <laughs> but it's but I think it's, the clever thing about this is that a lot of films kind of shy away from the the the, the kind of the the bad guy or bad woman, whatever. But you know what I mean. And it, this doesn't at all. It introduces you right from the start to him, tells you what he's like. Um, it doesn't shy away from, you know, hide him away from the camera. And, you know, is this what if, it's just a normal bloke that you'd see driving a van and he's a nutter. <laughs> but yeah, yeah but I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it a lot. And it's one of our favourites of Fright Fest, I'd say. One of, one of many. Yeah, definitely. This was a real treat um, and real, um, real surprise and just absolutely loved it. Um, and recommend, uh, you know, and I think it, I think it would be testament. I would not be surprised if we see some kind of um, nod to this movie from America in the next two years. Yeah, you're right. I bet they will pick it up. And we're it's saying not, it's not right. on the streaming services yet, is it? I don't think. No, no, it hasn't been picked up. I mean, it was October. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see if it gets a release somewhere. I hope it does. I think it will. Fingers crossed. All right, then. So let's move on to number eight. Number eight. One of my faves from the year. Um, I fought for this to get on on the top ten, definitely. Um, No, you did not. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We both did both have this. It's a comedy horror um, that uh, appeared on uh, Shudder. And Shudder smashed it this year. It's a year of Shudder. But, like, um, scare me with, you know, the fucking wonderful uh Aya Cash um who's just like had a fucking great year with uh with the boys and she fuck it I we didn't for some reason after watching the boys and then watching this scare me we're just like fuck she's absolutely smashed it and the humor the the horror the originality of this movie is fucking great and there's no you know the blood the guts and stuff that it's a puppet show it's almost like a puppet show, this. It really is. It's like theatre. It's like a... It could easily be told on stage. We said that at a time. Uh, Josh Rubin, the guy who fucking um, uh, wrote and directed it and starred in it. It's just like... It's fucking phenomenal. Just story... It's great storytelling and a great... And, and a real sort of shine to what you can do if you love horror and you want to put a fucking load of Easter eggs in, in a fucking horror movie. This is how you do it. It's fucking great. And the pizza guy fucking has to have a fucking nod as well chris red yeah 
He was fucking great. He's popped up in a few other movies that I've seen recently, actually. Um, <laughs> so he's one to watch out for. But absolutely, I uh, couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely love this. It's so different, so clever in what it does and the way it does. Again, no spoilers, but it's just it's just so clever how it centers around the characters, the character building, the way it's written, the nods, the 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 funniness of it. It's absolutely hilarious in places. But yeah, you're right. The, the acting is just for a film like this, where is there's not very many characters, you have to bring your A game into it. You can't just have a weak link, and there's not one weak link in this movie. It's just brilliant and it's so original so fresh and i just can't wait to see some more stuff from from uh josh rubin yeah i want to see what his next projects are because this was yeah. um and you know I think he's got a werewolf movie on the horizon i think okay so this is a cabin in the woods sort of tale but from a different you know ilk it's just clever but there's so many nods in, in it in there i mean if you're a horror fan you'll be like, that's a reference to that, that's a reference, even from the very start, and I'm not going to say things because I don't want to spoil it again, but it's just so clever, so clever, and obviously me and you got some of the, some of the bits, but I'm, I'm guaranteed there's loads of stuff we missed. Yeah, the soundtrack as well, the sound was like quality, the use of sound effects and stuff like that was great as well. It's just like, it's a, one of those movies that was probably, I don't know if it was shot, because I can't find anything on it, whether it was shot during lockdown, but it just could have been, and it elevated into something absolutely wonderful, and it was just more people need to kind of see this, and look out for Aya Cash. She's been in quite a few things before The Boys, but I, I think she's got a, she's found her niche, and she's going to fucking, her career's going to rocket over the next couple of years. Absolutely agree with that. But uh, yeah, that was number eight. Scare me. like that one. So... At number seven, another Fright Fest movie, Hosts. So, this one, um, we, I think it's one of the last films we watched at Fright Fest, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, no, the last penultimate night, wasn't it, I think. Um, it was very interesting, this one, because we didn't know, again, a lot of the movies we watch at Fright Fest, we're going totally blind, there's not much about them. And this one centers around a starts off with a couple. It's cr- set around Christmas as well, so you could kind of technically say it's a Christmas film. <laughs> so maybe, maybe. Um, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, then yeah, certainly this one is. Yeah, that's it. But this one centers around a couple that um, basically live on their own, and they're going around their friends for Christmas, and they spot some strange goings on in their back garden, and then. It splits to the house and it's Christmas Day and there's a knock at the door and it's them. But they don't seem to be themselves. Mate, this is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but with a fucking hammer. (laughs) Yeah, but we now we're not going to spoil things. I keep saying that. I'm going to stop saying it. We're not going to. This has been out. Well, this is so annoying because this. This has one of the best kills of the year. Probably yeah. the best kill of the year. Well, you know, the when drop- it happened, I looked at Paul and Paul looked at me. And that really happens nowadays that we, there's a kill where it's the, big, the biggest WTF moment of that year. Yeah. It has to be. Because we, we literally looked at it and went, oh, my God, about this, this. Like, we were shocked. And that just elevated this film 
so much. And I, I really like the kind of um, the storyline around this one as well, because it, it, that sort of thing interests me um, about kind of the, the, the folklore around what is happening in this story. Um, but it's shot really well. Um, and it's very low budget as well for, for what it was. And, you know, they worked really hard day and night to do this film. And it's filmed in their own house um, by friends and family that helped out and stuff like that. Um, but I just loved it. I just thought it was so clever. So, so, such a good movie. So easy to watch and so, um, like, terrifying. There was some good, really good, easy rapport from all the characters and stuff. And I don't know, it's just like such a a basic idea. If you look at um, sort of like these alien possessor movies and invasion of body snatchers right do another invasion of the body snatchers go you've got a house you've got a budget this bar okay this is what i'm going to do and then you're going to throw in these fucking exquisite murders that just like out yeah. oh, the fucking grossest thing that and, you've and some weird ass bits yeah like you think where the characters like, just... like some hot fuzz moments no uh this is this world's end moments right yeah there's yeah. just some, some weird stuff and um just really well made. Again, I can't wait to rewatch that when it comes what out. That movie that you made me watch that was like a dinner party and um there there was sort of like a cult and they were like gonna yeah. Oh, what, I can't remember what's what called that. Now. Called? Oh no, you put the spot. Because that had the same sort of ending as this. But, yeah. You know, it's something like, Oh, it's fucking happening everywhere <laughs> uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's uh, uninvited, not uninvited. Um, oh, it's going to bug me now. Is it the invited? No, it's invitation. On invitation. Invitation. That's it. Invitation. Yeah. yeah. Invitation. The that's ending it. for that was just like great movie. What? That was. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic movie. Good. Absolutely love that. But yeah, so hosts hosts was very good. Um, and I think Matt, re- I think Matt really enjoyed this one as well because he spent he was up late you know, on a fucking Zoom call to like did, halfway. Yeah, they did, they did a live Zoom call. Um, really interesting, actually. Um, and it it really gave you, gave you some insight on how they did it and how much love, care and attention was put into it. Um, so it just made me have a little bit more appreciation for it as well, I think, after that. But watch this space because we could have some information regarding this film coming shortly. Oh, exciting. Titillating. <laughs> Talk about tits. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, it's not even. That's a shit segue. Uh, so we're moving on to number six. Nothing to do with tits <laughs> whatsoever. Um, Apart from the guy that's reading now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> One of my again. I, this came on quite late in the. In fact, this was from our last episode, episode sixty-seven, um, which is uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. You know, son of Cronenberg, son of Cronenberg, son of Mask, son of Sam. Right. He's done a, he's done a fucking wonderful job here. Um, Possessor has some of the um, most interesting sci-fi Black Mirror tie-in moments, I think, of the year. And some of the most incredible um, death scenes and murder scenes and, and blood and gore and special effects i think you, that we've seen this year it was it was brilliant um really dark twisted um tale and some great acting from andrea riseborough christopher abbott and jennifer 
Jennifer Jason Lee. It's just it adds the staples of being um I think still one of the best horror movies this year. And that's why it's in the top ten. It it could have been higher for me. This was fucking this was phenomenal for me, I think. Um and I think it's popular I think this one is a popular one um amongst amongst the horror community. I think it'll grow as well. I I wanna see more more Cronenberg esque movies. Um, if he can pull that one off. I mean, the fucking poor Sean Bean. I mean, if you're going to use Sean Bean in a movie and do what, you know, Sean Bean does, why not? That gets, that ticks lots of boxes for me. This movie was great. I mean, it has some great set pieces and it is like Black Mirror on crack. It's like full on. I'd say it's, it's even has its darker tones in places. It's weird. If you like that weird, wonderful kind of sci-fi some great like camera work in this as well great effects it looks amazing really really good yeah this is um geordie have we spoke to geordie paul yet has geordie paul watched this one he hasn't i don't think i told him to because it's on my i think he shares my amazon account i told him to watch it i'm not sure if he did or not to check it out with him yeah, it's one that he'd really like, but that's um that's Probably. that one. You're right, right. Street. <laughs> and at number five, we've got a corker. It's only Joe Bigas's VFW. Oh fuck yeah! Now what? what about this? Is like I'd say someone's taken a sledgehammer and smashed you straight in the head. Because look at the cast on this. You've got Stephen Lang, William Sadler, Fred Williamson, Martin Cove. David Patrick Kelly. And and that, that's not just the start of things, man. It's just like, you've got Dora Madison from Bliss in Joe Bigas's other movies. Now, this this film was, like, amazing. Because so, we saw about the cast way early, didn't we? We were like, wow, have you seen this, like, this movie? It's like, it's Joe Bigas is doing, you know, he did Bliss, and now he's doing this, VFW. Uh, and the trailer looked awesome. It's just full of gore. And then when we finally got to watch it, I think we got it off Amazon, didn't we, in the end? It's, yeah, um, it's, on, it's on Netflix now. Yeah, that's right. And it's just fantastic. I'd say, like, it's like, if I could describe it, it's like neon punk horror. It's like, just filmed so fucking awesome. The, the clothing of each person as well is, is really thought of and stuff like that. The, the storyline. Yeah, the attention it's, to details there. Yeah, attention to details, brilliant. And it's just the way it's filmed and it's just dirty and grimy and it just centers around these ex veterans that are just having, just, just having a drink, a little get together because it's a little anniversary thing. And they're in their kind of what's called a VFW. It's like where the ex vets go to have a beer and stuff. A bit like, what do we have over here? Like, um, an R and I or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go to have a beer and they get interrupted by some, let's say dodgy drug dealers and they have to protect something and it just kicks off and it's just out and out fun gore action one-liners just just a brilliant film and that's why it's number five i think this is gonna grow into some sort of cult classic because uh, I think the more you watch it, the better it gets. I've watched this movie three times now. And Have you? Yeah, this is one of the ones I just can't. I can go back to and watch again and again. Yeah. Every, every time I watch it, it gets better. 
the music in there. It's like watching They Live and stuff like that. It's fucking yeah. great. It's, it's very um, assault, assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Uh, but, but I just think as well with Joe Beagus' eye on this and everything and the Russell effects as well, the people that did the effects, you can listen to our special with them, episode 54. Um, it was just brilliant. They're just, they're just so, so good. And Joe Beagus is going to be so big. I, I just, he is, you know, watch his name because we always, you know, we always root for him. We, we met him at Fright Fest and, you know, we, we were massive fans of Bliss, which was our number one movie of, of last year. So it was, yeah. You know, we, we're big, big fans of this guy. And I think wherever he attaches his name in, I'm there. I'm going to be watching because he's a real fan of the genre. But this film, film was brilliant. And if you want to go and check out, a review of it, a full review. It's episode 49. Fucking ace. I love talking about that movie and I love watching it. I thought it was great. Fucking absolutely genius. I think we had Geordie Paul on that episode as well. Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> it was a corker. Oh, yes. To be sure, to be sure. <laughs> so he lives in Ireland. That was, that was it, really. Um, right. Okay. Moving on to, well, breaking it down to number one now. So let's go for number four. Um, and this is the ones we did get to watch in the cinema, and it stars the amazing Elizabeth Moss, uh, and it is The Invisible Man. I think, you know, this was um, probably one of the biggest budget horrors that we saw this year, through no fault of their own. You know, The Quiet Place 2 was supposed to be due out, and amongst the love others. But this was the biggest budget one, for sure. Um, it's from the great uh, Lee Wan L, you know, who did Upgrade fucking you you know the director kudos to speak for itself but i think it was just it was a bloody clever story not i love the scientific edge to it you know and some of the set pieces are fucking great she can carry a movie all day long um she brings the terror brings the threat um and then some of the sort of kills and and the way they went about it it wasn't just like you know your 50s sort of the invisible man wrapped in bandages <laughs> this, was like, this was like ramped up and the twists the twist was great the twist was, was absolutely cool. fucking great they, uh, you're right they they totally like updated it as well like without being kind of like it could have easily been updated like badly and they could have done a poor job of it but the way they attacked it was was very clever and fought out yeah it's an abuse, it's an abuse story effectively mm-hmm. at its heart you know, fucking um, an over-possessive, um, you know, boyfriend that had a fucking great little storyline around it. And just that fucking feeling of somebody watching you all the time when it's not... It felt like paranormal activity sometimes with some of the camera angles. And it was yeah. like, it felt so paranormal in its approach. And that scene in the kitchen where she gets lifted up. I've seen it since now with the green... And it sort of makes sense how they did it. But when you watch it back, the first time you watch it, you're like, fuck... Yeah, yeah. I thought this was great. It was a great movie. I, I think I might have said it on the last on the episode where we covered it, but the, it really the start of it really reminded me of um, that uh, Julia Roberts fil- uh, film Sleeping with en- Sleeping with the Enemy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the way it deals with abuse and really, really, really kind of just really well done with it as well. It doesn't it doesn't like kind of it covers it just with really good hands if you get what i mean but yeah some some of the scenes as well it's just like the choreography and some of the fight scenes is fantastic 
as well. Lee Wan Al's just good at that shit. And it was from Blumhouse as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, and uh, yeah, you know, they, where they usually have a smash in year, yeah, they've had a, they had a few ups and downs. I mean, we had the likes of Sweet. We, we were like in, before the pandemic, we were like, oh, what, the, what are Blumhouse going to do? We they still they probably did one of the worst movies we saw last year. Which was what? Um, sorry, Island. Oh, it's the Island. Fantasy. Oh, God. <laughs> Michael Penner. Oh, I can't, you can't smash it all the time. Which is kind Jesus of Christ. Or Black Christmas remake. Anyway, what remake? Really hard Carry on. Invisible Man. But he did do uh, Sweetheart. They did do Sweetheart, which Sweetheart was very, very good. good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very much enjoyed The Invisible Man and would like to see more and more pleas from Lee Wan L. You know, fucking give him, give him Robocop. Give him everything. <laughs> yeah, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to see more from him. Definitely. I reckon we will. But it was nice, like you said, it was nice to go and see that at the cinema because that was probably one of the biggest films that we got to see uh, before things went tits up. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> it was good fun to see that, definitely. So, at our number three. So now we're getting real close to our number one now, mate. So this is our top three. And at number three is His House. Which great, we great. obviously reviewed quite well. The last thing we reviewed on episode sixty-five, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, two uh, two two episodes ago. Three yeah. episodes ago. That so, this one was a real kind of like pop-up film. Like we just didn't know any. It's like with Netflix, we don't know what's going on there from day to day, which is kind of a good thing. And literally, it just popped up out of nowhere. And um, this film is. Just for the start, it's British, which is fantastic. Always helps. Homegrown. And it just stars some of the best acting out of our list um, that stands out quite a lot. So it's essentially about a couple, a refugee couple, that have come to England. And it really focuses around the struggle of them kind of dealing, come, coming to England, dealing with that really well. But then there is a dark secret that has followed them over. Um, yeah. Anyway, the effects in this film, fantastic. Storyline, very different for what it is. Um, but I just think the acting is, is one, the one that won it over for me for this one. Yeah. That- that and the the South, the South Sudan Sudan law, the folklore, the fantasy, that sort of thing, which I know you like, you like your yeah, life, I really like that, yeah. And the the law of uh, learning a new law and stuff that was fucking incredible. Um, and some of the the horror pieces and stuff of like almost like a haunted house, but it wasn't. Yeah. Nice. And even the body dysmorphia and stuff like that that they were using, you know, like the the, the bits where they were going into the body and the skin and stuff like that was, was fucking incredibly done. Mm-hmm. Real sort of like some hard watching pieces there. And the, and I like the way as well, like you touched on body horror when when they go inside the walls of the property and stuff. It's like it's almost like a living thing that mm-hmm. they're opening up and looking inside. It's really freaky. It has some really freaky bits in it as well. Really. Uh, like foreboding kind of like scenes where really made you uneasy and kind of like a bit kind of weirded out but yeah it's just the story. and also add a really cool kind of comedy edge with um oh what's his name um 
Oh, Matt Smith. Oh, Doctor Who, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was quite cool as well. Look, just put a little edge in there. But I just thought, overall, for a film that just popped up from nowhere, um, and just, I don't know what the budget was, but it seems like a really big budget movie, but it's not. It's it's, it's quite a low budget movie. Um, I think it was, was it BBC? I think it was put BBC out. BBC sponsored, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it's so great to see a film come out that's so weird and different and pushes the boundaries a bit, especially with uh, with a case like that as well, centering around kind of refugees and stuff. Um, I hope a lot of people get out there and watch it um, because it is a superb movie. And that's number three in our top ten. Well, number two, I mean, we've had, we had the, you know, the Korean hashtag alive, t- Dutch movie, tailgate, I think possesses Canadian. Um, I think VFW might be Canadian as well, actually. It is, yeah, you're right. Yes, but um, now, number two is our little Spanish horror movie called The Platform that we watched on episode 49 back in like February, I think it was. It's quite an early one. And we were just, we, we, there's a lot of buzz around this one. We were kind of dying to see this one after like sort of chomping at a bit to watch Parasite. For some reason, it's just like had such an appeal. Such a basic idea again. Uh, but and we watched this together as well, didn't we? Because, we did. uh, well, kind of. You, we were, you were on FaceTime. Can you remember? Uh, oh, right. Yeah, we were reacting yeah. on it and stuff. <laughs> yeah. so we were on FaceTime watching it. So we, we timed it together so we could watch it together, uh, which was quite fun. It was quite fun. Um, I mean, this the set pieces and stuff in this, and like I think this is all about location for me. The the concrete, the fucking food, the um, use of um, like props, uh, and it's the idea of this fucking the whole, the whole original idea and concept of this fucking platform going from um, with full with food, full with delicious food. And it has to make it down to floor whatever. And then it goes all the way back up. And like, you can either eat a lot or a little. You can never help out everyone or help yourself. And it's so much social, like, um, satire to it and construct and, uh, like real social commentary, I suppose, is what I'm looking for. And it was just like, so it says a lot about helping your neighbor, you know. Um, and there were some great fucking deaths, some great moments, some, great little set pieces and it's just this the interest in how far this fucking thing actually goes down um was phenomenal i just think it was so like futuristic without being futuristic it was so weird as well i've never seen, i can't think of another movie like this and mm. i love the i love the originality of it loved it no and i can't think of anything like it either yeah it was um it quite something and what's his name um the main guy, Ivan uh, Masug, I think his name is, Gorang. Um, he's, he was fucking ace. He was in Pan's Labyrinth as well. He's just like, he was just fucking ace. He's got such an mm-hmm. um, original face. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> original face. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a great movie. You're right. And the, 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 you're right, the sets are just kind of like, makes you kind of think whoa and just the way that it was so interesting where we kind of went into this movie again not knowing an absolute thing it's just called platform in it's spanish 
Um, but then I think whilst we were watching it, we were trying to figure out what it was about. And that was the cool thing. We didn't know what it was about. And then we were not talking. Well, we were kind of talking when the film was on, but we were trying to discuss kind of what it was about and why they were doing it and trying to guess what was going on. And I think because it did that, it just made it such a better film because it was just it just captivated both of us the whole way through. And we were talking about it for ages after as well. And I think, you know, the sign of a good movie is when you talk about it afterwards. Um, but the, you're right, the buzz around this movie was huge. Yeah, and it won a whole host of festival awards. Yeah, loads. Loads. It was fucking ace. And it's nice to see a kind of sci-fi horror type thriller kind of thing. I think we, I think that's what we're getting at. It's like, I mean, our list this year, it's not, I suppose, it's got a good mix. But, you know, Platform, The Invisible Man, um, I suppose... I don't know, maybe just those two, like the sci-fi, the sort of sci-fi sort of horror-esque of us. Mm. We do we do love a bit of uh, sci-fi horror, and to get to number two, I think this was good. Yeah, we like to, to, to push the boundaries a bit, I think, and be tested sometimes with our movies. But yeah, that that was um, a great watch. And uh, I, I just want to say, uh, I like the name, its actual name is uh, Spain, it's called Al Hoyo. Al Hoyo. The platform. At number two. Go on then, dude. Bring us home. Okay. So, we're going to have a little drum roll for the number one. Draw one last. Breaths. Number one horror of 2020 is none other than Host. Ta-da! I mean, come I, on. I'm sure this is on very a lot of people's lists out there. And I, you could say it might be a little bit um, obvious, but I this film, this film really did make us kind of make the community, the horror community and further step up and actually watch this movie and appreciate it for what it was. Now, so for I those who haven't seen I it, I think it's probably worth else? saying it. I don't know if this would be in any other year, in any other scenario. I'm not sure this movie would have would ever ever have been made. So this movie would not have been made if it wasn't Possibly, for yeah. the fucking lockdown. That, that, that is a question. That is a question that we should keep and maybe ask them because I'm sure we can get an answer out of that. <laughs> but this we covered on episode 58, and we had a very in- uh, special interview. Um, episode on 59 with Jed Shepard, um, the writing director. That was awesome, so go check that out. But along, along with two of the actors, Redina. Yeah, which we didn't know about, by the way, so it's totally ad lib. So. And Emma. So thank you very much for coming on yeah. and doing that. That was incredible. It was very, very good, and we were lucky to have them on. But this film is how long? 49 56 minutes? minutes. 56, 56 minutes. 56 minutes of sheer amazing like hit when the iron is hot right in the middle of a pandemic it's all done on zoom it's clever it's fresh it's new it takes you into all different places the effects are just like how the fuck did they do all that shit and i can't wait to watch the dvd to find out most of that but it just socially did the job and the the hype around this movie was just insane it just went mental it was the highest grossing movie 
uh, of that month. I think it was it was like it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Still hasn't yeah. dropped. Still, Still 100%, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just an awesome movie. It's 56 minutes of awesomeness. What did yeah. you think? <laughs> it was just... I mean, I, 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 you know, I, to come up with this movie on the back of a prank... Well, tell us the idea of the movie. What, what is, the idea what's it about? like, I think they're all meeting anyway. In uh, in you know having those Zoom meetings, that everyone was which which doing. we're all doing, yeah, we're all doing. And uh, I think one of them, uh, the directors, wasn't Jed. It was um, Rob, yeah, that did it, and he did a prank on them, which is basically cutting a bit of footage from uh, the Wreck movie, the which is funny because <laughs> what was our review on that host episode? <laughs> which was Wreck, yeah, and we didn't time that. That was no. nothing like, yeah. That was quality, but um, yeah, and he pranked them all, fell down the loft, and you know, as if like uh, he'd been strung up in his loft, you know. Apparently, and then, that's on the Blu-ray as well, by the way. Right. Okay. Well, I've seen it on YouTube. It's great, and um, yeah. and it was just fucking awesome. Like, it could have been a shit movie. It could have just been an you know an idea and a shit movie, you know. But it could have been done really poorly. <laughs> but it was just so some some of the. The unease. I watched it again last night, you know, yeah. in preparation. Well, not even in preparation, just wanted to watch it and see out New Year with our top fucking horror of the year. And top I wish movie, I'd done not that. Just, I don't think it's even, I would put it as the top movie of the year. I think it's had the most, um, left the most, the biggest impression yeah. on this year in terms of movies. I think it just hit the fucking, the right, um, came out at the right time in the right frame reference and it was just, what everyone had been doing, everyone had been doing these Zooms, and it, you know, this is a Zoom seance, but... It was relatable. Yeah, it was. It was relatable. And the fucking way that you can build tension just by carrying your laptop around and by being by yourself. I mean, this is about isolation. These are, you know, you have these conversations on Zoom, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you turn off, everyone's gone. You're sat there by yourself with a fucking bottle of beer, <laughs> looking like a <laughs> lamb. Um, it's just like, yeah, and... I had that many um, actors in it as well. I thought it was quite clever because they've all got their own kind of little character, kind of driven pieces. Yeah, and um, the the bit, even a bit like the scare bit, like the Teddy and his girlfriend, and when she like gets fucking strung up, or she gets pulled up above the water and neck snap. Oh, to do that in an isolation and all this sort of stuff, they've done a wonderful job. It's a great, like one cut of the dead. It is a great. Um, yeah, good example. Great good, example. A great example of of how to fucking make a movie. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, you could study this one. This this is one for the for the geeks at university. <laughs> I think in 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 in, uh, in decades to come. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like the. I mean, what's the the only thing that I can put my finger on that's had this that had had that much hype that's been so low budget is Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not putting it in the same vein. I mean, it's obviously got some nods to that, um, but it's the same hype. I've never seen so much stuff. I mean, some people thought it was thought it was real. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way the way they come up with the idea as well. Apparently, one of them texted each other um, and said, literally said, one uh, two words, Zoom seance, and that was it. They were in. <laughs> I just yeah. love that idea. 
That was it. Just from the what two words, Zoom sales, that this was grown quickly as well. Imagine like how quickly they'd done this because they they had to and they wanted to get it out whilst the pandemic was on. So not only did they smash out an amazing movie with great actors, great effects and everything like that, they did it on a timeline and a very small budget, which is like, and for Shudder to take that bet on them was absolutely spot on. Well fucking done, Shudder. And I and I think their subscriptions has doubled. It doubled on when that the hype was around that doubled their subscription. Uh, and that just makes it better for, for, for Shudder. It means they get more money, more content, uh, and they, uh, they now know to take risks with more filmmakers, and I think we're going to get some class content coming out from it. And I think Host will be one of the reasons for that. And that is why it's number one, because it, it totally took a, took a time and took advantage of that time, but did it perfectly. And you're right, they could have done it wrong. But it was done so well. I mean, we spoke to them and it's like so weird as well when we did the actual interview because we didn't know two of the actors was going to be on with us. And we thought Jed Shepard was fucking with us with, <laughs> with his Zoom because it, like, it kept flitting up pictures of them. And obviously it's where they filmed it. So it's, it was like we were in the movie when we were talking to them because it was so weird because it's in their bedrooms where they reach, where each character filmed their piece. So it's like, we're talking to the real people and they use their real names, which is even weirder. So it's just so weird. There's like, I was expecting kind of a fucking ghost to pop up or one of them to do a prank on us or something. But it was great. It was a great episode as well doing that. It was great fun. And so that's one of our highlights of the year, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. We got to do it together as well, which was cool. Yeah, because then, yeah, you've done a few interviews by yourself and this one was like. It's much better when we have both of us. It's just the rapport is just better and it's just. It was so much fun. So, but we're looking forward to 2021 where we're going to have more of that. So, but that is host and it's number one. Yeah. So that is our top 10 of 2020. What a list. And if yeah. you haven't seen any of those, get out there and see them. I mean, there's some worth ones that, you know, didn't make the top 10, yeah. but are worth that we did and are worth talking. You know, I'd go and see June Drifter, The New Mutants. Underwater. Very um, annoyed. That yeah. Uh, sweetheart. <laughs> Um, the color of color of space. The wretched. The wretched was great. Movie. Great. Um, the beach house. <laughs> yeah, we could mention some some not so great films. Slacks. Uh, you loved that. I did. <laughs> Spare um, parts. That spare parts. Great. Parasite. Obviously, we did review, but we just felt that. You know, it had it done enough, really. It's won enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, let, let some other people have a go. Yeah, the but, lighthouse uh, was good. Yeah, but the lighthouse. It's fucking weird, but good. So yeah, it's been a fucking good year, man. And I suppose it's now like that. You know, there's been some absolutely outstanding moments. Obviously, you know, originality with like the host. I think uh, the the deaths in hosts and possessor are fucking incredible. Some of the protagonists uh, antagonists this year have been awesome like we're talking about honeydew you know and tailgate is the uh it's definitely fright fest of the oldies mm-hmm. um so yeah it's been good two digital fright fests as well the old people are striking back in horror movies mate but on to next year well we got you know we said this last year most of the most of these on our list we probably should have seen this year yeah <laughs> true but you know this what, year, we, what we've got to look forward to mr paul butcher well hopefully 
in this in the in the docket we have um, Jared Leto's Morbius. You know, the living vampire. We'll see what that's like. Halloween kills. You know, praise the God above. <laughs> the Conjuring. The devil made us do it. Yeah, I can't we'll wait for that. Yeah, Candyman. Oh, we should have seen Candyman. I mean, the Forever Purge could be interesting. Another Purge movie. Uh, Don't Breathe 2. Did oh, not yeah. know about this one. Mm-hmm. Did not know that was a sequel, so that's looking forward to that. I did know that was uh, in the can. Um, Army of the Dead. Um, Zack Schneider's Army of the Dead. Come on. I'm... Quiet Place 2. Quiet Place 2. Yeah, we really. That should have been... seen a year ago. <laughs> uh, Wrong Turn. Yeah, that could be interesting. A little bit of a reboot. Yeah. This one that I keep mentioning last night in Soho, which didn't drop last year. Um, Venom 2, apparently. Um, Spiral, which is the... Saw, from the Saw, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, quite a few. There's probably there's loads more, but there's, there's just those ones worth talking about. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot coming out. Um, now, that's not even the ones that just appear on streaming services. Yeah, the new ones are just going to be glorious. And I know we've got Rob Savage's Blumhouse probably movie at some point, hopefully. True. Yeah, it's going to be roll on 2021, roll on the cinemas reopening. Wow. Or something. There's one good thing about 2020. It's definitely been the amount of cool horror because we have had loads of content. But yes, 2021, let's forget about 2020. Piece of shit can go and die. Now it's on to 2021, where we're going to get some class films. We're going to review the fuck out of them. We're going to have fun, and we're going to get together, hopefully, at one point. We're going to have loads of cool interviews. We're going to have loads of new content. Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast is where to be. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on that lovely note, um, I suppose we better move on to our movie from the vault. Let's do it. thought it would happen. Nobody gets in or out of that town now, is that clear? The girl just died. How do you intend to let the people know about all this? We were asleep. They dragged us right out of the house. Are we under martial law? Don't talk to me or anybody else unless you get a voice print check. Oh, hell's broke loose in town. Nobody knows what's going on. Now look, you just can't push us around this way. We've got to get a nuclear weapon in the air above that town. I've taken me no choice. They started something they can't stop. The crazy. Something that inflames. Something that brutalizes. It's madness unleashed by human error. The crazy. So this is my pick, and what did I a treat that I give us to, to end the 2020 disaster? I thought I'd go for a lovely disaster movie. So from 1973, I picked The Crazies. It's been um, remade in 2010 um, with uh, Timothy Oliphant. It was all right. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's been described as an action horror sci-fi. Um, early, early Romero, which is great. Um, it's basically <laughs> might sound very similar to what's going on in the world today. The military attempts to contain a man-made combat virus that causes death and permanent insanity in those infected. As O takes a small Pennsylvania town, five w- uh, would-be townies try and escape the 
the men in white, <laughs> basically. The men in hazmat suits. The men in hazmat suits. Uh, I mean, okay. Talk to me, Matt. Have you seen this movie before? I have not. I've, I've sadly seen, I've seen the remake, um, but I have not ever seen this movie. So this is the first. So what's your first impressions then? Interesting, to say the least. I, I, like I said, I've not seen this movie. Um, you know, it's early Romero. I've seen a lot of Romero stuff. Obviously, we've both seen a lot of Romero stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's a very. I mean, you've got to think about the time it was made, seventy three, and I think it was a very, um, quite a very small budgeted kind of film, um, a lot self funded and stuff like that. Um, there are good things about this movie, and there's some bad things ish about this movie to me. That's my opinions, um, but I said we'll, we'll get onto that. I think there's some fucking wrong things about this movie. Yeah, well. <laughs> that yeah, we'll get onto that in a bit because I was like, huh? I think that was the one thing that was yeah. We'll get onto that in a bit. I think there's some interesting things to talk about with the music throughout. I mean, there's a lot of like with Did, American- right, okay. I watched a um, <laughs> full HD version on YouTube because it's on there for free. I'm going to say it out there now. If you want to go watch it, it's on there. It's free. I don't know if it's illegal, but it was on there. Did you get a lot of bird sounds on your copy? Birds, uh, marching bands when the yeah. bloody mobilisation. There's a lot of weird like music that's. Well, I have a lot of birds. Okay. Right. I don't know if that's a fact of, of maybe. I don't know. It was uh, outside a lot. Birds but... carry it around, or people are going cuckoo. Is that what it's a reference to? I don't know. I don't know, but it, the the music sort of played with the played with part of the horror. I thought, which was fucking great. Uh, yeah, Billy, Billy being a cunt at the start. And then, I said that. That's so funny. On my notes, I've got but Billy's a prick. Oh, I thought, yeah, Billy's being a cunt. And then so the he's, dad, a, he's a kid that's tormenting his sister. Yeah, um, we think that maybe, you know, if we know the premise of the movie and then the dad's going nuts, he's smashing up the place and going to burn it down. It's like, what the fuck? I'll say one thing for this scene. It's a, a, a little bit dodgy, but there's one kind of creep, little creep scene that kind of put the creeps in me at the start. It was when the dad. The kids are in the, in the bedroom and the dad turns around and it's just like pitch black. But you can see the glare on his glasses and he just stares at them. I thought that was well eerie and that shot was fantastic. I mean, that's obviously the makings of George Romero's the early stuff. But you can tell he's like, right, I want to get this shot in now. I want to do this shot. Because you can tell that he's put his kind of little art artsy bits in there and his, his, his thinking in there which was, which was I mean, kind again, of it's, it's Romero and it's still got the, that whole social commentary and you know the army being a bunch of cunts so you could almost compare this to like uh, you know Dare the Dead that sort of thing yeah sure definitely. I definitely think this is where he got kind of some ideas because obviously he wrote this, rewrote the script and I think this is where the start, start, kind of startings of, of some of his characters maybe is like I'll use that kind of character-ish in somebody else. Did you notice there's a lot of shouting people in this? A lot of what? Shouting people. Oh, yeah, they, he loves Army shout. guy shouts, the scientist yeah. shouts. Dr. Watts. Yeah, uh, he has got anger issues. Richard France, who was also the um, pirate, I call him, from uh, from Dawn of the Dead. That's correct, yeah. Sitting on yeah, the interview, yeah, fucking hell. So, yeah, there's, but there's a lot of insanity. Like, this is like almost like if, if this year went wrong... Mm. You know, this is maybe what it might be like in America, maybe like martial law, you know, going to door to door, rounding people up. Well, that's the thing. It's like 
you cut some of this film is a bit let's, let's be honest a bit ropey there's some bits that, that are really ropey in this film but it's kind of like in the grand scheme of things when you watch it you're like if this happened in a small kind of town let's say the town in the middle of nowhere and they're 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 a bit just like they haven't got a clue what's kind of going on and it's a bit of a shit show let's be honest they don't know what's going on they can't contain what's going on the way they orchestrate it and try and deal with it is fucking shit <laughs> they say, let's just herd everybody together and push them in a high school altogether uh and just not do anything about the actual problem and just kind of like talk about it for ages and say oh should we bomb it all well should we not should we just like carry on should we shoot everyone should we just and but you think if this happened like this kind of thing happened now it probably would be the same yeah lots of shit shows out there at the moment yeah you got those arsehole bits the cutaway bits where they're speaking to the people you know those people in a room basically talking about what to do the bomb and all this sort of stuff and you never see the president's face which i which i think is quite interesting Mm -hmm. um and but i thought this has got great like symmetry with um rodriguez's uh oh what was that um grindhouse movie planet terror oh yeah 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 planet terror. great symmetry of that and, you know planet terror has maybe exasperated it and you know and and changes it up and makes it that whole grindhouse thing and silly yeah. i suppose yeah. silly um whereas this is like you know it is a it is a a, a virus gone that they're, they're by a, a bioweapon that it's being released and it's yeah. fucking people up. And, you know, you've got so many ones like that, you know, Return of the Living Dead. You know, it's a great, there's, a, there's sort of a launching point. Again, yeah, Romero's got that launching point. So it's, it's really kind of, I think, another really important movie. And I'm glad that they retold it in 2010. I think that was a good shout because it, e- it was an easy one to do, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you touched on a bit like the home invasions bit, when all the army are going into people's houses, it looked quite real, didn't it? Like the reactions of people, it looked like they'd actually gone into people's houses, like the kids screaming. And the best bit is when that guy goes to try and grab, he, he kind of goes to the gun cabinet, but he doesn't even like run to it. He just goes, puts his arm out and then goes, don't you dare. And it's like, yeah. and then there's a guy and, and obviously, you know, if these people were, these guys in white suits were invading people's houses, kicking them out. There's a bit of looting going on. And there's one guy that fancies himself a fishing rod. Yeah, the <laughs> army guys are really nicking money, nicking all sorts of weird shit. It's just a bit weird. And it's 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 like, rod. Does it, is that make, make him, like, are they saying that he's kind of gone a bit crazy? <laughs> or possibly, because you, you do get to see those sorts of things throughout. And that, it's, a, it's interesting you talk about this. Like the, the, one of the most interesting montages is those door-to-door scenes mm. with a little kid that's sort of fighting. You don't know who's mental and who's not, who's yeah. insane and who's not. And you've got the poor old dears just um, doing some knitting. You know. <laughs> that, <laughs> as, that's as, quite a cool little kill, that. Yeah, you know, one of the army guys gets fucking killed with a knitting needle and she just goes and sits down and carries on with her knitting. him needle dick. Wow. And they got a great name in it, all the Trixie team. I thought that'd be a great T-shirt. The Trixie, the tri- yeah. A Trixie. I think that'll be our next quiz quiz uh name the Trixie team the Trixie yeah. team yeah the Trixie team I wonder um, if anybody would get that but there were some good kills in it blood filling the white suit I thought the using of the white hazmat suit sort however of enhanced the blood they needed to get another person to distribute their blood to them because whatever they were using it was it was dreadful <laughs> they needed to get hold of some pig's blood or something 
Wow. Because it, the blood, the blood was a bit terrible. Bit, I think, but it's similar to like I suppose probably used in uh, Night of the Living Dead. It sort of oh, had that dear. same flow. It had that same. It had that same flow. I know, I know, I know. I mean, you know, hats off to them. They were trying with some of the, the, the effects because the, there's there's a really cool headshot uh, near the end that was really cool, uh, where kind of I don't know what they, they must have used some kind of like uh, animal guts or something because it kind of explodes his head, kind of falls falls out of his head, which was quite cool. But yeah, some some, some of them. <laughs> what really do you think about the? Because obviously the two main guys. Yeah, and his and his nurse wife. <laughs> it was just called nurse most of the time. Move nurse and fucking very, you know. Off That's the time. one where we got about three minutes in. There's a bit of naughty boob. Mm, naughty boob. Um, but I'm talking about the karate chop escape. <laughs> I got that down the my notes. All I've got is fight scene judo chop. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like they've properly like gone right. What's big at the moment? Judo. Everybody loves judo. Just do a bit of judo. <laughs> it, like turns out, it turns out he's a vet. He's from being in. A, he was in the Vietnam War. They, they sort yeah. of brush over that because that's that's that that time as well. You know, with all the, the hills of eyes and that sort of thing. But it's just little karate chops. <laughs> great, classic. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. And then you see like the soldiers are starting to catch it, and the 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 sort of young. We don't know how young if she's young. Kathy, uh, who's uh, acting very strangely. <laughs> I mean, I should... don't know if she's fucked up or that's just how she is. Or has she caught the virus or is she just nuts? So is, are we assuming her dad's caught the virus as well? I think he's... What I can get from what I gathered from the film is he starts to get it because what's really weird, every time the camera, he's in the frame of the camera shot, he's kind of shaking his head and going... <laughs> and finding it hard to breathe and kind of acting weird. Mm. So I don't know if he's in the kind of mists of getting it. Um, but he's desperately trying to take care of his his beloved daughter that he's only that he's got left because his wife's died and yeah and then we get onto some a, a, a very 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 heel turn moment that I thought was very probably the most out there bit apart from another bit I'm going to talk about in a sec. It's very inappropriate. The incestual relationship that that girl starts having with her dad. Wow. Yeah, they have sex. Ah, uh, then, then, yeah. But the, when he gets pulled off, he's got his trousers on still. I don't know. She didn't have any trousers on. I thought, I thought his trousers might have come up in the melee. And I think, that, I and think she, was... she had blood all over her as well, which was a bit. Uh yeah. I don't know how old she was supposed to be. She was supposed to be prepubescent. I don't know. There was a very that was very weird. She went on to do a couple of bits. I think she was in Cat People and stuff. Like that, I don't think. Mm. Um, but yeah. Because she's got a very strange face and stuff like that, but very, you know, and it's just like Christ. And I don't know if that got banned as a part, or if that's what made it so kind of I don't out think there. It did yeah? I don't think it. I think it's just so weird. I think because because it doesn't really brush over that subject, it just goes straight in. Um, which <laughs> yeah. I just thought it's the, the weirdest part of the movie is really out there. Um, but one of the scare, not scariest parts, one of the most Maybe you could say, apart from this, controversial moments, was when the priest doused himself in uh, kerosene and just burns himself outside, which is dodgy as anything, because you can plainly see it's a dummy. <laughs> but fair play to him. It's just like, you know, that's a quite quite a controversial part as well, where he just runs out and kind of, like, douses himself in kerosene and lets himself on fire. 
It's one pretty- of my one of my favourite bits of the movie is is I always remember this bit is the fucking when the the villagers are fighting back uh, against the soldiers and I know they're what you're gonna say and you've got this woman with a fucking broom <laughs> mopping uh, sweeping the fields sweeping the fields it's just, just they just they pan on her for so long like like that that shot is just like you know that there's a woman with a fucking broom <laughs> I think that's a fucking bit of genius. <laughs> it's just like, like, right, how can we make this film even more crazy? You, lady, hold this broom. Pretend you're, like, brooming up the field. And she literally looks like she's, like, taking uh, kind of direction from somebody. Because if you look at her, she's looking up every five seconds. And then she goes down, and her head goes down, she sweeps some more. And it's like, no, they're going, sweep more, sweep more. It made her look even more nuts, and I think that was fucking great. I think I... they need to do another movie, right? And it's a, a POV movie from her point of view through the whole movie of her just sweeping. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it. But yeah, I mean, there's not much of it to tell, really. I mean, um, you know, it's it's the villagers versus um, the army. And it's like, you know, the army are going to move on to another. And it's sort of the stand, um, you know, contain the virus. OK, we can't contain it. It's just a bit of like fucking, yeah. it's a joke. But the, the, the horror, the horror element. It's a pandemic movie at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 movie is it takes a subject that probably hadn't been covered in them, them times. It's really early, 1973. I didn't even know it was that early. Um, so you can kind of think it's probably one of the first kind of pandemic movies of its time. Well, Night of the Living Dead, I'd say, was um, you know. I know yeah, zombie, but yes. like dealing yeah. with a kind of a, 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 a like this sort of outbreak. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the first kind of outbreak movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some dodgy acting. But it's very, it's very seventies. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's fresh and early seventies movie. So you know, for the point of message that it has and the time that it was out. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's so different and so out there, and you know he was groundbreaking with stuff he did. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not one of my favourite Romero movies, but it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. That's for sure. Oh, I like that. That's a good review. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, but, you know, uh, we we we've got very soft spot for George A. Romero. Let's uh, yeah. let's do a bit of Matt's facts. Okay. Do you know what? I couldn't find loads on this, but there's some interesting stuff. Okay. So there were no Hollywood stuntmen used in this movie. <laughs> That's true. Okay. That makes but, it quite interesting. <laughs> well, when you hear some of these facts, you can kind of appreciate it a lot more. So a lot of the extras and actors and people in this movie were firemen from the local kind of fire brigade, lo- local fireworks professionals, um, were used as well like for all the kind of explosions and stuff and all the extras and most of the people in the film pretty much all of them were locals they were just extras from Pennsylvania so it's like, a similar like, scenario isn't it from every, yeah. other, every one of his movies he sort of just collects people from that he, era he, the thing is he, he is a union movie so it's a lot um, they, it was a low budget union movie so he had to pay for a lot um, so that's why he got the community involved and he likes to give back to his community. He had, you know, Pennsylvania was a big thing for him. So a lot of the, like, literally everybody that's in this film 
our people that lived in that area and they're like yeah damn right i'm going to be in a a, a movie with george romero uh, directing so it's kind of cool when you look at it like that um and also this is kind of fun, kind of weird fact you know the house at the start where the two kids are yeah so you know that's set on fire and it's it's basically on you know on fire and they film it and stuff that the local fire brigade were, were were there just about to set that house on fire and they happened to be there at the same time and said can we film you kind of setting it afire and they used that footage for the film That's so lucky, they, isn't it? that wasn't supposed to be in it and they were like oh we're practicing putting out the fire on this house but yeah you're more than welcome to film it but the two kids that were actually in that scene uh were the cinematographer's kids so it's like they used everything they could to try and make it interesting yeah. fact as well about what you touched on earlier you never saw the president's face do you know why yeah go on because there was two cameos made by george a romero in this movie and one of them is the president the president's back of his head <laughs> what's the other george a romero and there's another one where where if you look closely where they're getting all ushered into the school at the start he george a romero is amongst those people it loves popping up in his own Blink, movie. and you'll miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, this movie was called uh, The Mad People uh, before George Romero gave it a rewrite and named it The Crazies. Yeah, The Crazies worked cool. a lot better, I think. Yeah. Good, one. Good title. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. And do you want to hear the last fact? This, this is wild interesting. So out of all the controversial scenes and the stuff that was happening in Evan C, where it was shot, the, the most controversial bit was at the end where Colonel Peckham, you know, he's, he, he comes along right at the end and he gets undressed to get out of the hazmat suit into fresh clothes to get in the helicopter. Yeah. Apparently the people had a massive problem with that. And George O'Meara had to call the lawyers in because they weren't happy about a man getting undressed. Really? Being butt naked. Okay. Yeah. How weird is that? Whether that's true or not, but it's pretty weird Maybe it's Out of a, all the things in the movie that get shot, that's the thing that gets kind of frowned upon the most. <laughs> don't like nudity, do they? Too too prudish. Not in seventy four, no. Uh, cool. I loved it. Seventies, man. Everybody got naked. Well, what are you uh, going to rate this bad boy, then, dude? I'd say for me, it's probably about a six out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to go the same. It's a six for me. It's not a bad movie. It's only the second time I've ever watched it. Um, it's it's. It's interesting and it's important, but, you know, it is what it is. Definitely, yeah, definitely agree with you, man. Cool. What have we got next then, dude? It's your pick. Wow, mate. You know, as soon as I thought of it, there's only one one film that we we're going to do to take us into our first, or sorry, our second, second review of 2021. It's going to be the almighty Kevin Bacon movie, Tremors. I mean, that is fucking awesome, but it is our first, technically our first one. So yeah. Oh, no, well, okay, we're recording this on the first. Okay, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, tre- but Tremors is the one, because they brought out that beautiful Arrow, Arrow release. You can see it over on our YouTube channel. I've done an unboxing of it. Um, it looks beautiful. I've got it for poor for Christmas. Um, I've got a copy myself. We're going to crack it open, and we're going to review Tremors. I love this movie. I mean, I've seen this movie. Absolutely. I don't know. In, yeah, in but ha- you haven't seen it in high definition blue. No, this is true. But I just have a real problem with Kevin Bacon that we're after to talk about next episode. What? <laughs> it is All not roads lead to bacon. 
and it's not for this movie, but we'll see. <laughs> but we're cool. We're cool. I can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to it. And obviously, so I guess that's uh, episode 69, 68 done. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> moving on to episode 69. Ooh, it's a biggie. 69, dude. <laughs> um, it's a biggie. So our main review is going to be a movie called Spree, which was out last uh, late last year. Um, looks very interesting with Steve from uh, Strange Things. Um, are something to scream about. We will talk about, be talking about in the next couple of weeks. And our move from the vault, which Matt just pulled, is fucking the 90s greatness, which spawned in, you know, so many fucking sequels, is Tremors. Fucking great. Looking forward to it. And on that note... Happy New Year. Fuck you, 2020. (laughs) Do one. And uh, there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>